Welcome to How to Live Forever. In this episode, we explore the biggest decision you can probably make in your entire life. We dive into parenthood. (gasps) No, we're not having a baby. (sighs) We dive into the idea of it, looking at the landscape of it in culture and in our personal lives. We see how parenting has evolved from a social obligation to a personal choice. And we lay out a list of reasons you just might want to skip the parent aspect of a long-term relationship. And reasons why you would want to embrace it. All coming up right right now. Hi, I'm Marco. And I'm Heather. We invite you on a journey of discovery as we explore techniques, tools, and inspiration to better our love lives and our sex lives. Join us as we travel the world, seeking out the stories that can help improve how we do romance and relationships. Come with us as we discover how how to to love love forever. Hi, love bunnies, and welcome to How to Love Forever, the podcast that explores all aspects of love, relationships, and sexuality. My name is Heather. And I'm Marco. On today's episode, we are breaking down one of the most important choices you can make in your life and how it impacts your relationship and also the world. This important choice is whether or not to become parents. Yeah, this might sound ominous, and it is a topic that instantly causes controversy, especially in family circles. Mm-hmm, it certainly can. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't nervously sat through the whole, when are you having a baby interrogation? I mean, innocently administered by everyone from strangers at the grocery store to casual friends to like your own anxious parents. Nah, oh, man, it, it can be so tiresome. And you know, often there's this expectation that when you are in a deep, committed relationship that the next logical and required step is to start a family of your own. (laughs) It is kind of a social script. It isn't a real requirement in life though, and it really never has been. Sure, in the agricultural age, or even earlier, the more kids you had, the better, you know? Oh yeah, totally. Right, so the choice became more enforced, and the expectation became codified through law or religion, but we live in a different age. Fortunately, we do. Thanks to science, children have a far greater chance of survival into adulthood, Mm -hmm. not just in the developed world, but throughout most of the developing world, too. Children have far fewer fatality rates than in ages past. Mm -hmm. In fact, Child mortality rates in the U.S. alone have gone from 46% in 1800 to 0.7% in 2020. 0.7%? 0.7. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? We're actually kind of high for the developed world. Just keep that in mind. You know, and those higher standards in the world of health, education, and even the relative liberation of women's roles in much of the world, it really has brought about like a golden age of baby making. Mm -hmm. It used to be that your child had like a one in five chance to see adulthood and now it's closer to like a one in five chance that they won't. I mean, there's this statistic that I saw, a link in the description, that since 1990 alone, the child-infant mortality rate that is under five years old has halved just since 1990. And the childhood survival trend is still growing. Wow. I mean, just since 1990? Yeah. That feels like, well, you know, aging myself, but that that feels like just yesterday in a way, (laughs) right? 
but that's good. And that's all to say that a new normal is here when it comes to childhood survival through infancy, etc. Whereas the past dictated that we personally must procreate or humanity itself could face extinction, there are now enough people in the world making enough babies that we can truly see the wonders of parenthood as a personal choice that we have the privilege of making and not as a cultural obligation. But we are just at that turnover point in history where that is becoming true. Mm-hmm. Right? So only in the last couple of generations has the personal idea that you could choose not to become a parent even started to take hold. Mm-hmm. And there's still plenty of stigma surrounding that choice, even though it ain't nobody else's fucking business but your own. Damn, Skippy. And socially speaking, there's this like dividing line between parents and non-parents. Kind of, yeah. Right? You know, parents, they normally seem to just assume that you want the same for yourself. And in social spheres, distance can quickly grow between friends who are parents and friends who are childless. Like, we have had so many friends who have had babies and it's like we lose them because rightfully so, they have to focus on raising their children. Well, you know, it becomes a whole new life for them. You know, it's not all due to conscious choices or some kind of prejudice against the childless. For some people it is, but a lot of it really is logistical. I mean, lives just become very different between the two groups. Priorities change. Life rhythms change. Budgets change. (laughs) Yeah, budgets change. (laughs) Yes. Okay, look, before we go any further, I want to make it clear to you, Love Bunnies, that this isn't a talk where we tell you not to have a baby okay we're also not telling you that you should have a baby Mm -hmm. as usual we strive for a little bit more nuance than that yeah and that's why we're here exploring the pros and cons of each choice and illuminating each path in an attempt to help clarify what each choice entails we honestly believe that this is a sacrosanct personal opinion as important to the stability and health of your relationship as it could be for the stability and health of the world either path is not to be taken lightly and it isn't for us to judge which is right for you even though we are kind of judgy I mean we're judgy but you know we won't condemn you we won't hate you forever we We hate ourselves for being so judgy we know we're like passive judgy we're passive judgy so snarky but if you feel you're at some sort of crossroads and you are wanting to weigh the options maybe our little chat can help with that So we're going to break this down into some pros and then some cons, you know, just sort of like go zigzagging back and forth that way. And I personally feel, because I'm kind of a snarky guy, that I want to get started with one of the cons of child raising or having a child. So the first one for me is forget traveling. Oh, no. Yeah, and I don't mean the easy vacation, although that becomes harder too. No, no, no. Mm. I'm talking about like real trekking, like climbing the Himalayas, backpacking the Amazon, those kind of things. Like you can just say goodbye to those until like the kids are in college or something. I mean, I have seen it done, but it is super, super rare. Well, yeah. And the risks are greater. Mm. The cost is multiplied by having to bring your kids and also not bringing them is also a cost. Right. Yeah, because you're going to have to get your self-babysitters or, you know, just like, I don't know, anything. People you trust, people you trust and can afford. People you trust and can afford and you know aren't going to turn your child into Soylent Green. 
So also... The <laughs> so lo- don't call Marco. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me. <laughs> but the logistics, they just get harder too. I mean, when you go traveling with a child, you got to deal with the baby seat, the potty breaks, the weird airplane trips where everyone's looking at you with shit eye, you know? Like, on, honestly, uh, with... And, and this is something I've heard from parents is that if you're wanting your kid to be a successful traveler when they're little, right? I mean, you can train them to travel well with you. Absolutely. But you got to train them way early like like start them on trips like six months old or younger Mm -hmm. that way they know that travel is just a part of life and they don't like get all freaked or excited or anything like that yeah i would agree i mean i've been traveling my entire life and i'm pretty certain that my joy for it as well as my ability to travel well is probably due to the fact that my parents traveled very early with all of us. Yeah, I'm willing to agree with that. I bet you that's one of the reasons. You know, one of the other reasons why you can like forget traveling when you have children, uh, figuratively speaking, obviously you can't like just forget traveling, but like, I mean like, oh my God, it's going to be harder. It's (laughs) harder to do an adult thing on a trip, on any trip. Like, you want to go have a cocktail with your spouse at the lobby bar. Mm-hmm. Nope, because, you know, when you come back to the room, you'll realize the children are probably, like, you know, setting fire to the curtains and one of them's choking in the toilet water. You know, like, <laughs> it's like that. It just is. Okay? If you have kids with you, you have to be on them all the time, obviously. Yeah. Okay, here's a caveat. It can be great to show kids the world, right? But it will be a lot harder. And some stuff will be off limits. Like, a lion safari? Not very kid-friendly. Base jumping Mount Kilimanjaro? Nope, not with a papoose on you. I mean, you could try it. <laughs> no, I fully agree. And and here's one that hits really close to my own heart, is that career often takes a backseat, particularly for women. Yes, that's another reason. Yeah, all those expectations and lowered expectations. Uh, it, it turns out that middle-aged mothers are their most passed over for promotions employee group because there are expectations of days off requests. Oh, no, you're going to want to like be there for your children. Well, screw you. You don't get this promotion that you fucking worked your ass off for all these many years. And if you decide not to ask for that day off, you have childcare issues to worry about. Right, childcare issues. And then if you don't take it off, then you have all the guilt that goes along with it. So it's super complicated. And then younger women are often overlooked because they're expected to want to take off on maternity leave, right? So it's like, why would we hire you? Oh, did you just get married? Oh, shit. Well, that means that you're going to be leaving us in about nine months or so for several months and then we won't be able to depend on you so much. It happens all the time and it's fucking infuriating. That is prejudiced and sexist and it sucks. Yes. And it is what it is. So if you choose to start a family, you got to... Keep in mind that there may very well be some glass ceiling bullshit you're going to have to work through. Wow. You know, and I want to point out that in other countries, that doesn't happen. In other countries, civilized nations, there is maternity leave for like three months for both parents. There's countries like that. Mm, I can't remember which ones, but Love Bunnies, you tell me which ones because I can't Google right now. Well, let's talk about some some pros then, right? So we talked about some negative shit. Let's Let's talk talk about about a couple of pros. It might be... Super rewarding and fulfilling to have children. Here's a fun one. Watching your child develop 
is a miraculous experience, right? Oh, right. hundred percent. So, you know, I was snarky about the traveling, but this is a real thing. And this is a thing that I have heard from so many parents. Okay. I do not have the parenting experience, but everybody says this and it's like a universal truth that from the first time they open their eyes to like when they get their first driver's license or diploma, every single step, every single milestone is a unique wonder to behold. Yeah, the reward of seeing them go from this like tiny little squalling infant who looks at you for the first time and locks gazes and grips your finger and the first time you hear them laugh and it's like biology is amazing. So you get all these like chemical reward rushes, uh, which is, you know, definitely part of the bonding experience Mm -hmm. a lot of people have. Uh, and yay, right? You know, yeah. it feels fucking great. They're so, like the memories that you're going to cherish forever. I mean, so they're like imprinted in your head, probably like no other memories in your life because it's a parent-child relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I'm an aunt several times over and I helped raise uh, my my two eldest nephews and eldest niece. And I cherish a lot of the memories of you know, raising them from like tiny little babies. Now they're adults married and doing all that grown up stuff. Mm. And yeah, it's still incredibly rewarding. So I can only imagine how much more rewarding it is for that actual parent child bond. Yeah, no kidding. Because as an auntie, you only get like maybe 10% of it. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. You know, and and like that physical warmth of being a parent, Mm -hmm. right? It's just euphoric. You've got these baby snuggles and they're so soft and they smell so good until they don't because they get stinky too. Uh, <laughs> and then to adult hugs where they're like towering over you. <laughs> and it's it's so humbling, but it's such a great reminder of the circle of life. Mm, that circle of life thing. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of circles. Yeah, speaking of life. Um, one of the other cons to having a child is that your social life ends. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and by ends, I just mean it makes a dramatic metamorphosis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nothing stays the same. No. From caterpillar to butterfly kind of metamorphosis. It's that intense because you're not the person you were before you had your child. No. It is All a of, life-changing experience. Yeah. Everything changes, right? And childless friends are still going to invite you to stuff you can no longer attend. Guilty. I do that all the time. It's like, hey, you want to come hang out until 4 o'clock in the morning and be told Totally financially irresponsible, and they're like, I can't. I'm a parent now. But, but, but it's Tuesday. This is what we do on Tuesdays. <laughs> this is what we do on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There's stuff that you won't be able to do very easily anymore forever, like having a deep, intelligent chat over a glass of wine with no interruptions. Mm-hmm. Nope. Forget it. I mean, over time, it is likely that your social group is going to be morphing into parents-only kind of friendship circles, right? And neighbors at that, because you can't really go far. You're kind of grounded for 18 years. Because those new friends in your new friendship circle, who are your neighbors and who are also parents, you know what? They're the most suited to be your friends because of the same logistics, Mm -hmm. regardless of what else you may or may not have in common. I mean, but you tend to find things in common, right? And if you have children, you 
typically are wanting the same general things for your child, for your families. So yeah, and then you're going through the struggle of raising kids at the same time, you're going to have a lot in common. A lot of what keeps you busy on like a daily basis Usually in common. puke scented and poo flavored. Yes. Uh, yeah. And like, mom, 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 <laughs> dad, 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 dad. Mom said I could... <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm trying to have an intelligent chat over a glass of wine with no interruptions. (laughs) Too bad. You chose to be a parent. (laughs) And speaking of too bad, alone time. That becomes a thing of the past, Mm. right? You got babies crying, kids demanding attention throughout the entire day and well into the night. If you enjoy privacy while spending time on the toilet, becoming a parent often whittles down that little moment of peace to almost non-existent. I have I, heard. It is. It's really sad. And there are so many parents, especially moms often, who are just like, I just I just want to poop alone. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. And utterly pathetic. <laughs> or, you know, take a shower. Even I, like, you know, again, like helping raise like niece and nephews, there were times when taking a shower was super challenging because like, you know, baby's crying and, and you just can't break away to take a shower, even though it's been days. Any would-be inventors out there, you will probably make millions if you invent a Velcro suit where you can like stick children to the wall while you go to the bathroom for 10 minutes. (laughs) If you can somehow create like an ultimate safety suit that Velcros to a wall in your house (laughs) while you, as a parent, goes to take an innocent little five-minute dump, this inventor is going to make a million bucks, man, I tell you. As long as they can, like, get it approved. Uh, (laughs) But no, just all that is to say that taking off time for oneself, it becomes a logistical improbability. It's not impossible, but it is improbable. And the more you need it, the less you're going to be able to do it. Yes. And when we are talking in absolutes in this conversation we're having, it's really more of an exaggeration. But yeah, when I say you know, never or forget it. It just means it's going to become a lot more difficult. Just like Heather says, it's just becomes more of a logistical improbability. It's a lot more, it's a lot more to juggle. It's a lot more to kind of coordinate and figure out and you need more resources, whether it's, you know, friends, neighbors, family members to help lend a hand or money where you can hire people to help lend a hand. That whole saying, it takes a village to raise a child. It really does. It takes a village and an army. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, However, on the flip side... (laughs) On the flip side, we've got a couple more pros to having children. The first one is you get lifelong companionship. You get like this built-in life buddy, which is great if that's what you want. So you always get a friend when you're like grocery shopping or when you're hanging out in the backyard, you know, that kind of situation. Oh, completely. And as your kid grows and you guys like develop your parent-child relationship, sharing becomes like really profound. You can do sharing unlike any other sharing. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just the innocent play that happens in the backyard uh, or if you start having conversations with your teenage kid about like life, the universe, and everything, it just becomes a sharing that you can't have with somebody else because it's not your kid you're talking to about life, the universe, and everything. So it's not the same kind of profoundness. Right. And yeah. also another thing about that whole lifelong companionship is about when you get old and you're a parent, you got people around you. You know, whether they want to be around you or not, 
You got people around you. I was going to say, this is assuming that you haven't overly traumatized your children and completely turned them against you and and made them unlikely to want to uh, help you out. Again, it sounds like we're speaking in absolutes, but we're talking about tendencies here. Uh, Yeah, of course. You know, and yeah, and, and training a child to become a conscious person it helps you develop too. I yep. cannot tell you how much one could learn from, you know, being a teacher, raising a child, being a mentor, every new experience that you share with with your child. You know, if it's the ocean, if you go to the carnival, if you're just going through a car wash or introducing them to an animal for the first time, you have to figure out how to explain things to them in a way that they'll understand and grow from it. So it really helps you develop who you are and clarifies how you feel about the world. Mm -hmm. Sort of gets you to see the world through a child's eyes again, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's a really good pro. You're absolutely right. That pro that you just came up with, that's a really awesome benefit is that you get to see the world again anew. Mm -hmm. Because you're helping a child see the world anew. It's kind of nice. Yeah. And, you know, teaching a child to be kind, to be hopeful, to be a good person with integrity, it can help remind you and strengthen you in being the same. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Kids are like Buddhist teachers. It's so cute. Like I was... uh... I was over at a friend's house and there was uh, an 11-year-old girl and like a three-year-old boy today and the differences in the conversation with them. But like the 11-year-old girl is working with this like horse rescue place and she's, yeah, she's training this pony who had never been trained before because he was being raised as horse meat. So they saved his life and she gets to train him and she's kind of like getting that whole awesome experience of learning and training with, you know, this other innocent creature. They raise horses as horse meat? Yeah, it's in a lot of dog food. And in Ikea. <laughs> Ahem, allegedly. Hopefully they uh, they corrected that, you know. But then, and, and then there's this three-year-old boy and he's super smart and like really quirky and he just wants to show me like all of like his special things and wants to show me how the sprinkler works. Like he's fascinated at how a sprinkler works. That's awesome. But <laughs> that's what it is. And these children are natural creatives. They're natural artists. They're natural explorers. They're mm. natural scientists, which is why the house is always such a fucking chaotic mess. Right. Yes. But that's because they're like brains are on fire and they're like completely like in the moment. And you're absolutely right. Training a child to become a conscious person, it helps you develop too. And you get that benefit of like learning from them it's it's, awesome it's so cool it's so cool going back to the cons though because we are snarky motherfuckers because we got snark for days (laughs) going back to the cons the ever-present state of parental anxiety. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Just thinking about it gives me anxiety. Now, I don't experience this one myself. I feel very happy that I don't because it sounds like existential dread all the time. Mm-hmm. That whole nagging fear that you're fucking up your kids somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Am I being neglectful? Am I being too much of a helicopter parent? 
you know? Or should I try to enforce healthy habits or will it backfire and they turn into rebels, mm-hmm. right? Or do we let the kid play sports even though there could be injuries? I heard that football gives you brain injuries, you know? Because <laughs> like, it does. Because it does. Yeah. But, you know, like what? Do you keep your kid in a Kleenex box? No, of course not. You know, no. like, like all these anxieties, like do they need more from me? Do they need less from me? Mm-hmm. Are their friends good friends or are they toxic friends? Am I a toxic parent? Will they end up doing drugs or will they engage in unhealthy stuff? Or who's that guy in the white van parked near the school? Bulletin, it's probably me. But I swear it's just a production vehicle. It's just a production van, man. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, like the anxiety, like if you leave the kid alone in the house, you know, you got to constantly be checking on them and, you know, afraid that they are going to be burning the curtains or that one of them is going to be drowning in the toilet water, you know? Or if the kids go on a weekend trip with friends, you're going to go crazy for two or three days not knowing what's going on with them at 24 hours of the day. And you know what? I've heard this from parents. The worry never seems to end. Mm -hmm. And it starts immediately because when my best friend gave birth, it was like, boom, all of a sudden, she who, you know, she wasn't sure if she wanted to be a mom or not before she got pregnant. All of a sudden, everything was about. It just clicked. Oh my God, I have to keep this baby safe. I have to do everything in my power to protect this baby. And there's so much that is never going to be in your control. It's never, ever. So, and some people say that anxiety is actually what defines parents. That sounds <laughs> I know, terrible. Right? It's terrible, but it's probably <laughs> partly true at least. Yeah. I mean, and again, my sister, her children, you know, most of them are, are grown into adulthood now. And she still worries about them. She still gets concerned if she hasn't you know, I had a long conversation in, in a week or so. And they're living in like different parts of the world. And she <laughs> They're like friggin' adults with degrees. They've gone through military service and she still worries if they've had a bowl of cereal or something, right? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's quite that petty, but just you know, like they love so intensely and they care so deeply that it's hard to completely break away from that anxiety, no matter what. I totally hear you. My mother lives in another country and she'll call me every now and then and be like, did you eat? <laughs> it's like, come on, what do you care if I already ate? I am a 50-something-year-old adult. I am not going to starve myself because I forgot to eat, okay? Right, but but it's just a sign of how much she cares about you. It's not whether or not you ate. It's just, are you okay? How's your life doing? And that's like the shorthand. I feel I it's think vestiges of that parental anxiety. It's like ghosts yeah. of them worrying about you. Well, you know? yeah, it's and so you know, funny. it just simplified down into... Have you eaten? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What's another con to having children, Heather? Oh, God. I love sleep. Yes, you do. This is one reason that uh, I feel very comfortable with my choice to not be a parent, because being a parent, especially for the first few years of their lives, you do not get to depend on a good night's sleep. It sucks. And, you know, it's kind of related to the whole constant worry. You're going to lose sleep, you know, with anxiety and and fears. Uh, And and then it's just 
you know, the normal wear and tear. They have to feed during the night. They need to change their diapers. They might have had a giant poop explosion in their, you know, in their nighty, and, and like it's just or or they're crying all night because they're teething. They're teething. Oh man! When we were in Puerto Vallarta just recently, there was this little baby across the building from us, but it was like this echo chamber, and I'm pretty certain she was teething because for like the first month and a half. It was like a demon banshee screaming directly into our ears. It was an agonizing, panicking shriek the entire time. It was really hard. It felt like that child did not want to be on this plane of existence and was super pissed about it. That child definitely did not want to let us fucking record a podcast. (laughs) No, that was a little little rough. And then, of course, whether or not, like, if you're sharing a bed with your child, which, you know, co-sleeping is great, but then you get this, like, little wiggle rope worm that like you know i hear stories about people getting punched in the face or like kicked in the nads and you know (laughs) little karate chop baby in bed with you right (laughs) that's yes that that's my great nephew you know and he sleeps sideways so even though it's like a king-size bed he's pushing his parents off the bed my brother when he was a baby slept diagonally in the bed Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he like took it up, and he's a tall kid, right? He's a tall guy. He's like right. six and a half feet tall. Yeah, no, he's a big guy. And he was not little when he was, I mean, he was like a long string bean of a brother. And like he would just go to sleep wherever he wanted to. So sometimes he'd sleep like in our mom's bed. Sometimes he would go into my room and sleep in my bed, totally <laughs> diagonally. Right, just but taking he, up the entire thing. Yeah, but he had like this this active weird sleep mode because he had to like shake his head back and forth. He'd be lying on his stomach and his head would shake back and forth, and he would be kicking his feet, and that's how he slept. It's almost like he was like in competition swimming or something. That is so weird. Yeah. So imagine being slapped constantly by somebody who's like not even conscious, but they're there. And right. You're, you're trying to like sleep in some little corner of your own friggin' bed because they're not sleeping in their room tonight. <laughs> it's just like so weird. So I ended up with a few nights on the couch and I'm just a brother. Can you imagine what my mother went through? Oh. Yeah. Forget a good night's sleep. Yeah. A little bit. It is. Uh, it's hard to imagine. Getting sleep on a consistent basis, you know, for more than just a few hours at least, maybe until preschool, you might be lucky. You might have the child who like trains to sleeping real quick, sleeps through the night, eight, 10 hours. Oh man, those are the dreams. However, they are not the average. They're really not. Yeah, that is pretty intense. That is, uh, I love sleep too. I love sleep more than I love babies. I'm going to have to just say that truthfully for myself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so speaking of, there's a pro to having children that I can really, really get behind. <laughs> and what's that? Tax breaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Money, 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 money. <laughs> That's right. You can get thousands in tax credits, love bunnies, just because you're a parent. I have heard. <laughs> hey, this might be a little bit of a of a gauche subject to broach, but it is definitely one of the pros to having a child. Like, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't offset the costs of having a child, but every little bit helps. Especially in a country that doesn't have, you know, systematic support for parents who want to raise children well. You yeah. know, if, if our taxes were going toward guaranteed maternity and paternity leave, uh, if people knew that like their health insurance was covered and it was all part of their taxes, things would be a lot easier. So yeah, those who are parents often have to spend a lot of money to keep their kids alive. So tax breaks help. Yeah. 
And tax breaks are plentiful in some of the more successful democracies in the world. The United States could definitely learn from them. Absolutely. Another pro is that, you know, you and your partner can evolve together. Hmm, right? That's nice. Yeah. It's like I've always looked at having a child as this ultimate creative expression of your lives. It's like a giant art project. It's a giant You're lifelong a whole art project. Random human being. Right. And you don't know how it's going to turn out because you don't know exactly what you're getting until you've gotten it and you're still figuring all the ins and outs. And also, I want to dispel the myth that you raise a child to be exactly what you want them to be. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. You're mostly just keeping a child alive. They're going to end up being their own person. Yeah, they come out their own person. And as a parent, you get to figure out how to best support them in evolving to become the best version of themselves possible, right? And so doing that with a partner, it means that you guys get to grow together. You get to learn together. You get to experiment together. Mm. One of my girlfriends, uh, she's super intelligent. She and her husband, really great parents. They have two children and they totally have like the whole science and art take on child raising. Hmm. So it's definitely this kind of like creative science experiment of seeing what they do and how it affects the children and and how to give them the best options possible. So it is. It's like a like an art project for two, you know? It's like this whole development or thing. More. True. Or more. Mm-hmm. It does happen. It does happen, yes. Yeah. So it is. It's a communal art project between yeah. all the married spouses, however many there may be. Right, you know? So, and if you are with a really great partner or partners and you guys choose to have a child or children together, then you have this beautiful opportunity to build it together. And it's, it's not always the case that it turns out that way, but in a healthy situation, it can be really magical. And and it keeps your arguments and your differences and puts them in a, a larger, like more meta perspective. Yeah, I guess your arguments and your differences kind of sort of don't matter as much as your child does at that point. Yeah, if you were truly committed to being solid parents, you chose to bring this innocent creature into the world, you got to stay committed to like making it the best possible situation for them. Ideally, yes. Well, this is what I f***ing think, so that's how it's going to be, okay? <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> so it's funny that we just talked about tax breaks just a moment ago as one of the pros to having a child because one of the cons to having a child is the money. Mm, and that is a giant con. Yeah. No matter what your tax breaks are, it still takes a lot of money to care for a little baby. Yeah, you definitely don't have a child for the tax breaks, no matter what Ronald Reagan said. <laughs> but from the moment they're born, literally, the, they start to suck up your savings, right? Mm-hmm. You got to deal with diapers and daycare and formula and clothes and flu shots and then the right lunchbox and then the right shoes and then the right outfits and then sporting gear and then braces and then piano lessons and then pizza with friends and then field trips to the choir team and then like friggin' college and stuff, right? No, seriously. So I was looking at this uh, statistic that said that raising the average American child to the age of 18 costs, get this, $272,000. That is more than a quarter million dollars. Actually, I thought it was going to be a lot more. So, but it's still a lot. I mean, that's more than the median cost of an American home. Yeah, and that's the average American child. 
Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't even count college. That just until the age of 18. Mm -hmm. So college is another cool quarter million easily if it's a decent school. Yeah, that's so, so rough. So I was doing some calculations on this online calculator thing, and I, I decided to amortize this over time, right? The savings from not having had a child... It can be huge. So if responsibly invested, that $272,000 amount over 18 years could become more than a million dollars. Oh, dang. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, become a millionaire by not having a kid. That's pretty much it, you know. <laughs> oh, well, and, and then being smart about it, but yeah. Right, of course. And then you got to like be responsible and smart and all that. And of course, you know, like, um, uh, like there's this constant question that non-childed people like ourselves, we get. The question is, who will take care of you when you get older? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, it's nice concern and everything. Thank you very much for your question. But you know what? A million dollars gets you a decent amount of elderly care, mm-hmm. right? People who are trained in dealing with elderly, not obligated just because they're family. Yes. And then that means that they're only there for periods of time throughout the day. And you're not going to have the same, you know, emotional baggage from all those years of dealing with each other. And then if you don't like them, you can fire them and get somebody else. Yeah, just get a new one. Right? You know, it's a little harder to fire like your son or your daughter if, you know, they've pissed you off because they don't think you should be driving anymore. That's so true. It's so true. You can't fire your children. You totally should be able to fire your children. Well, yeah, but... If you fire them, who, who's going to take care of you? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right, because they took that million dollars with them. <laughs> <laughs> you chose to give it to them. So, yeah, you got to deal with it now. You made your choices. Oh, my gosh. I am not speaking from experience. No, not at all. No, that's not exactly <laughs> what we're going through in life right now, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change the subject. Hey, Heather, what's some other con to having children? All right, so this one's going to be pretty graphic and pretty heavy. But it's coming from a woman's perspective. And these are some of the things that I definitely considered uh, whether it's going to be worth or not, worthwhile or not for me to become a mother and raise a child with you, right? Cue the horror movie soundtrack. A little bit. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the physical impact that bearing a child and then laboring to bring it into the world has on a woman's body. You get to deal with stretch marks, swollen breasts. You may have saggy breasts afterwards. If you're able and you choose to nurse, you may have to deal with cracked and bleeding nipples. Uh, your breast milk, it needs to be pumped on the regular. So that's a thing. And then you might be dealing with, you know, some embarrassing leaks when you're out in public and you weren't able to pump quickly enough. It's uh, It's been super uncomfortable for a lot of women in my life. So it's I've seen it up close and personal. And then speaking of nursing, which is absolutely amazing for the baby's health and mm-hmm. for the connection that you share with them. Mm-hmm. It does also increase the depletion of calcium from the mother's bones. So that's why so many women have osteoporosis in their later years. Oh, wow. Because they had children? Yeah. It literally sucks the calcium out of their bone marrow. To make calcium and milk. To feed it to the baby so they have strong bones. Yeah. So again, it's a choice, right? And amazing on you if you choose to do that. Just, you know, it's something to be aware of. Yeah. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And so, okay, get this. If you want to nurse, but you aren't able to get the infant to latch on, because that's a whole thing. You have to train the baby how to nurse. Or 
if you aren't able to produce enough milk to sustain them, then you have the super great joy of battling the shame of feeling like a failure of a mother. Oh, wow. Is that like chemical? Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing, you know, because it's like, I'm going to be a great mom. I'm going to breastfeed my baby. We're going to have this connection. They're going to grow up strong and healthy. And sometimes the body just isn't able to do what you envisioned. And yet you see all these other women, supposedly, you know, being great moms and, and feeding their babies. And it's, yeah, I think it's like this deep-seated feeling of failure on like a biological level. Wow. And of course, exploited in the sense of like these social ideals. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Always. Always. Wow. Yeah. Well, and then it keeps going because... Of course, you're going to deal with hormone changes. Uh, you've got hair growth. You have hair loss. You may have morning sickness, swollen ankles, the risk of high blood pressure, heartburn, loss of bladder control, potential tearing of your perineum. If Not you the have perineum, <laughs> I know. If you if you get to have a vaginal birth or choose to, or the super fun scarring and recovery from having a cesarean. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Wow. And then also, what about your relationship? Wow, there's more? Yeah. Okay. Right? Being physical with your partner, having that connection with your partner. Is your relationship going to be able to withstand the pressures of being a new parent or just being parents for years? It's it's These are a lot of things that weighed heavily with me when choosing whether or not to procreate with you. Hmm. Sorry, guys. Yeah, wow, that is a ton of stuff. That is a horror movie's worth of, of things that well, you want to consider, I guess, when, uh, when having a child, as far as like the physical impact goes, especially for the women who are doing it. Yeah, it's, it's something that I think is really important for people to understand at an earlier age, maybe, so they are well-informed and, and don't accidentally slip into parenthood and then are confronted with all sorts of uh, overwhelming issues to, to deal with. Wow. Parenting. A great miracle and an ugly truth. Yeah. All together. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about some pros because that left me all bummed out. I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how all the parents in our listening audience are feeling right now? It's like, bitch said what? <laughs> Or they're I like, got saggy nipples? How about fuck you and the saggy nipples? <laughs> no, this is what my friends tell me, <laughs> right? This is These are shared experiences, and I am commiserating mm. because it's, it's a lot, and a lot of women feel unseen for everything that they've gone through to become mothers. Mm. And I think we need to honor them and recognize what warriors they are mm. you know and and then for them to consider to to like deeply know that no matter how much they suffer or have suffered for becoming a parent that it's completely worth it if it is worth it for them then it's completely worth it that's that's what i'm saying yeah wow mm -hmm. well kudos because yeah those are things that i had not thought about you know being a dude we're largely ignorant of so many things that happen in women's realm and uh <laughs> and you know thanks for uh, enlightening me and scaring the f 
out of me and making me glad to be a penis owner. <laughs> and don't even get me started on like what happens in the delivery room. Okay? Oh God, I don't ever want to know. I just don't. I just personally don't. You know, and I know guys that have gone into the delivery room and have had like these miraculous experiences where they like saw God during the birth and other people are just like, oh, I'm never going to unsee that, you know? <laughs> it was a horror show. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so let's switch gears again and talk about some of the pros to uh, being a parent because, oh my gosh, that sounded like a horror show. Okay, and there are a lot of pros, I promise. <laughs> or so I've been told. So next on my list of pros to become a parent is um, you become super motivated, hmm. right? I've had a couple of friends tell me things like, well, one friend told me that having his son motivated him to excel in his business like no other thing ever did. Like he was a slacker, you know, like hippie dude, you know, just barely scraping by, enjoyed life like that, kind of mm -hmm. bohemian, kind of all that. And always wanted more, but never really seemed to have like the impulse to do it. And then all of a sudden he had a child and he like cleaned up his act. He stopped smoking. He ate healthier. He began to do exercise. He like worked more and more and more on his business, you know, until he became like a relatively successful guy. That's awesome. Yeah. He just having his son, I guess, really provided that impetus to push him into. Well, yeah, because yeah. you're responsible for the life of another human being. So, you know, in most healthy parenting situations, you get really motivated to reach a higher level of success and stability so that you can successfully raise this kid, if nothing else, so that they don't end up in prison or dead. I would agree with that. I've seen that a lot in my life as well. And it's not the it's not the reason to have children, but it's definitely one of those benefits. It could really help focus you and motivate you. It can be a super motivator if you're looking for something to motivate you. Absolutely. And last but definitely not least, when you age, you're not going to be alone. Hmm. Right? So parenting 2.0 is getting to be a grandparent, right? <laughs> so if you have children and then your children decide to have children, you get to replay the good parts without all of the risk and the anxiety and all the responsibilities. Mm. You know, you get to be part of their lives. You get to share all those sweet, intimate moments and you get to help them and watch them develop into like people. And then you get to hand them back. That's right. You get them all <laughs> sugared up <laughs> and you give them the best time. And then it's like, okay, bye. Go back to your mom and dad, mm. which is actually what I enjoy about being a aunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, and so when old age uh, incapacitates you, as tends to happen, you will likely have others around to help settle you into your softer, slower life. You can mm. really just ease back, know that you're supported and cared for, and savor the gentler side of living. Surrounded by your children. Yeah, surrounded by your children. A friend once told me that the end of life that she you know, was seeing approach, it wasn't so scary anymore after having children because something of her will continue. She has a legacy continuing on. Mm, that's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. For those who need a legacy. I'm a nihilist, so I just need a party. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm an ecstatic nihilist. I'm like, that's nice. I don't think anything that I do truly matters, but let's go ahead and, and have a good time and make the most of the life that we do have. Yeah. Somebody has that question of like, in a million years, will you be remembered? I'm like, 
honestly, it probably wouldn't be remembered after two generations. Period. I was going to say, yeah, you know. probably like 50 years. Who, yeah. Heather, who? But that's okay. <laughs> well, there it is, Love Bunnies. That was our very complete, extreme, and super comprehensive list. Super well thought out of the pros and the cons of having the children versus the not having of the children. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we touch on every single pro and every single con. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, with our amazing amounts of experience in child raising, zero. <laughs> we are able to speak with such authority on this. <laughs> we actually had to do some research. We had to do some research. We were and... like, what's a diaper? Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> now he just being silly, please. He helped raise his brother. Let's be real. I did. I helped raise my yeah. brother. And you know what? I think that's another reason that you and I were both comfortable with the concept of not being parents of our own because at a young age, we were already acting as parents for others. And so we kind of already had that experience, yeah. you know, yeah. even diluted as it was. I'm willing to agree with that. Diluted as it was and partial as it was when I was 11 and my brother was three, you know, it was that mm -hmm. kind of thing where I got my fill of parenting pretty early on. Mm -hmm. I did teach him how to tie his shoelaces. I used to wipe his butt. I made him dinner. I taught him to read. Yep. A concept he still struggles with. <laughs> so, in other words, 11-year-olds shouldn't be parents. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's kind of wild, like, how touchy this personal subject can be. Oh, God, yeah. Right? So, like, perfect strangers, they can act as if they have a personal stake in the matter of you and your family planning. Yeah, totally. That is, like, one of the big pet peeves from me is, like, that whole question from perfect strangers, usually at a place like a grocery store, like I said at the beginning of the podcast. It's like, so when are you having children? It's like, when are you exploding? <laughs> How about you get out of my face? Yeah, honestly, because it's nobody's business but that of you and your partner, what Absolutely. you choose. It is one of the most intimate and private choices that you and your partner or partners can make together. That's right. And bringing it back to pop news, Elon Musk. You may have heard of this guy. Oh, no, not Elon. <laughs> Planet Earth's most officious roly-poly. He has stated concerns that the lack of population growth in the modern world is becoming a problem. He, he calls it population collapse, and he says it's going to be a problem, the problem, not population explosion. Hmm. Because of how it would affect like economics and industry and how many people can buy tests. Less, you know, that's uh, probably why he's uh, he's doing his part to repopulate the earth. And uh, I'm not sure that I agree. Sure, it's possible, but maybe a more childless future. It'll just be a thing that society adjusts to like we've adjusted to every other change in the modern world. Yeah. You know, fewer people to compete for jobs means that automating will be less of, you know, a, a scary new advance and just whatever. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Society changes all the time because of every innovation and having less and yep. less children is just another one of those innovations. Think of it this way. There used to be something like 800 people in New York whose job was just picking up horse poop. 
Right, from all the carriages. Right, and then the automobile got invented. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with parenting all or no parenting. All that job loss. Yeah, all that job loss. Oh no, the industry is going to take a hit. No, people are just going to do other things and they're going to do them in other ways. So right. don't you worry about society. Society is an organism that will adjust. That's right. For me, the bottom line regarding parenting or no parenting is this: if you have an innate burning desire to become a parent, mm-hmm. please do. Mm-hmm. Because those are the kind of parents that are needed. Chances are you're going to be exemplary parents. And you're going to get as much from your parenting experience as you give to it. Absolutely. But if you don't burn for it and you just feel that you should be a parent for no reason other than it is vaguely expected, take a deep look inside yourself. Your friends or your parents passively or actively harassing you or the expectations of your church, your culture, your society, those simply aren't reason enough to embrace a journey as deep and life-changing as this one Mm. that affects more than just you. Yeah, totally. It affects the world. A child is a ripple that you put upon the planet and Mm -hmm. you know and we have the privilege these days to truly consider whether that path is the right one for ourselves as individuals and also as couples or throuples or relationships Uh, we have the privilege these days to truly consider whether that path is the right one for ourselves as individuals and also as partners in relationship Mm -hmm. so you know two partners or more partners need not necessarily become parents Some people like their relationships just the way they are without some huge butterfly-like metamorphosis changing everything. Absolutely, we do. You know, we choose the the changes in our lives and we like our lives the way they are, Mm -hmm. right? And we personally envision ourselves happily growing old together without children, without grandchildren and all that. We may have robot caretakers down the road, which I'm kind of looking forward to. You Go know, Elon Musk, make us a robot. <laughs> and stop being terrible. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> and obviously, it's going to take a lot of conscious planning and determination to live a satisfying and supportive life this way. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to make an effort to keep relationships strong with people who aren't children of ours. And that's fine, right? It would take the same amount of effort to raise a child, but this is the style of life that we choose to embrace. Yeah, because that is what any satisfying life requires. Conscious planning and determination. Absolutely. Also, on the flip side, if you're thinking of having children because it'll quote-unquote help you stay together, also think hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this is kind of a red flag. And children do not fix relationships. Sometimes children can entrap you in relationships that never should have gone on that long. And it is not up to a child to fix your relationship. It's up to your sorry ass. They are an innocent life who do not deserve to be in the midst of your dysfunction. That's right. So if you have that pull to parenthood, it's natural to you. You have the resources. You have the ability to commit to it. You've thought deep and long about it. And you know that you have the right kinds of support. Go for it, man. Do your thing. And good luck to you. And if you choose not to become parents, well, we'll see you on that around-the-world adults-only cruise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With a glass of champagne in our hands, listening to rock music, dancing in the night away, going, what? Children who? Huh? What? (laughs) It's 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. It's 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, (laughs) y'all. Do, do, do. (laughs) Do, do, do. And we're 
like, oh, it's too loud and we're tired. We ought to go to bed. That's right. We're all the boring people. Well, that is it for our show today. So thank you very much for joining us. And remember, you can reach out to us on that massive constellation of snark and anxiety, Facebook at facebook.com slash howtoloveforever. And also on Instagram at how, numeral two, love forever. We really do love hearing all your feedback and what you would like for us to cover next. Also, reach out if you have any kind of stories to share or if you just want to be like a guest and talk on the podcast. You know, we can have a phone conversation put it up on the cast we even have like a private mode if you want to share your story but you don't want to be like it's called out by name you want to stay anonymous yeah that's right we can do it dear abby style where you just send your story or questions in and we'll read it on the podcast without revealing your true identity you can email us directly at contact at howtoloveforever.com don't be shy we really don't bite without, without consent, consent. So uh, we do have some last minute announcements. The break in our series is coming up. Mm -hmm. We have two episodes to go before we bring this show to kind of a close. Mm -hmm. The journey has been very informative and we've made many, many lovely friends along the way. Yes, we have. However, our current life has so much activity in it and demands on our time. It's, uh, It's not like it was in the middle of the pandemic. Seriously, right now, there's so much on our plate. Check this out. We are traveling internationally almost monthly. We are moving one of our parents out of their condo and into elderly care. Woohoo! We are prepping our house to sell it. We are starting production of a whole new performance act for one of our favorite clients. We are making a semi-permanent move to another country. And all in less than two months. Yeah, we are busy. Even without the podcast, we are just busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too much to juggle. It's so much. I'm so exhausted, but we're doing it. And, you know, we may pick up this podcast series again in the near future, but it really is up to you, dear bunnies. Let us know in the comments or emails if you get enough benefit from this podcast for us to continue serving you. Yeah. And for our last couple of episodes, we're selecting one or two deeper topics that we wanted to make sure to cover before saying goodbye. And we are scheduling each episode to release every other week instead of weekly from here on out, like we said two weeks ago. And as we said, we are getting busy. Yes. So join us for our penultimate episode that in two weeks. That means next to last. That's right. I love that word, penultimate. So good. Anyway, so that episode is going to air Tuesday, June 7th. And what is it about, Marco? Dun, dun, dun. It's a mystery. <gasps> it's a mystery. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that you got to tune in to find out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. So until then, dear love bunnies, remember, love deep, love hard, love forever. It's a mystery. You're a mystery. I'm so not a mystery. I'm a totally open book. (laughs) You kind of are. I'm kind of an open coloring book with a couple of pages torn out (laughs) and ketchup stains. No, I wouldn't say that. No, because... Okay, what am I then? If I was a book, what kind of a book would I be? An open book. Oh, uh, I would say you're like a book of like super weird, fun poetry. You're 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 a naughty book of poetry with like little bits of like chocolate powder ground in.
I think your volume three of the 1976 Funk and Wagnall's World Encyclopedia. I wasn't born then. G through K. Why? G through K? What does it even cover? It covers the stain on the coffee table. I don't like you. (laughs) 